Good morning. I just want to go back to that place where Jesus is all we need. There's a lot that God was doing, saying. I wanted to preach this message because these people are getting baptized. <laughs> hey, come, come, come up in front, sit you. Aiden, where's Aiden? Come, come, sit in front. Naily, come, sit in front. And as Pastor Lena said, till the end of your days, it will always be about him, Jesus. Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Gail, for <laughs> prophesying. Because I was going to step up and I knew that we had to prophesy and there's something had to shift. And that's why I'm just waiting on that right now. Just pray. Just pray. Just speak in tongues right now. Namasuri God came into this room and he was crowning heads. He was putting crowns on people's head. And whoever you are, whether you feel that your head is like hung down low, that you can't even lift your head, Jesus came in with that crowning glory. He wanted you to know that you are his royal diadem. He just wants you to know that. So it doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what is going on in your life, Jesus is all you need. Ah, Jesus. Hey, Jesus. I think I'm safe on the floor. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. The revival, the baby, the crowning of the head. I seen that crowning of the head. Yeah. That baby is coming. That baby is coming. That baby is coming. Just right now. So, Father, we prophesy, O oh God. We prophesy and we declare, O oh God, the move of God, O oh God, in our midst, O oh God. We prophesy and declare, O oh God, that, Lord, the healing, miracles, O oh God, signs and wonders, O oh God, everything, O oh God, is coming. Yes, even raising people from the dead. Even raising people from the dead. Yeah, yeah, even every dead dream, every dead thing which is even in a coffin, oh God, we pray and we prophesy, oh God, that it will live and not die because of the glory of the living God. Yeah. Yeah. I just believe this. I just believe that for what you want to see, you have to prophesy. I just believe that. What do you want to see? What do you want to see? Yeah. Just open your mouths now. 
Just open your mouth. What do you want to see? I want to see souls. I want to see drugs being laid down on the altar. I want to see people's lives being changed. I want to see, oh God, that people, oh God, with every kind of heroin and narcotic addiction, oh God, even medically prescribed, oh God, drugs, oh God, to be saved, oh God. I just believe that, oh God, and I'm calling that forth, oh God, in the multitudes, oh God, in the sound of the stadium, oh God, where they're just singing, oh God, and they're crying out and they're saying, give me Jesus, give me Jesus, give me Jesus, give me Jesus. The sound of multitudes, oh God, crying out, oh God, is what we want, oh God, crying out, oh God, that you can say, oh God, that this is all we need, oh God, give me Jesus. Prophesy, prophesy. You're bringing souls, oh God, from the north, south, east, and west, oh God. You're bringing people, oh God, who have no hope, no future, nothing besides you, oh God. That in you, oh God, they'll find their hope, oh God. In you, they'll find their calling, oh God. In you, they'll move, oh God, and have their being, oh God. And their lives, oh God, will be a glory, oh God, unto you, Jesus. Unto you, Jesus. There is nothing else better. There is nothing else better. Ha! Jesus, Jesus, I, I came here with this one thinking that, yeah, we're having these people get baptized, but there'll be more people. There'll be more. I don't know why, and I could be wrong, and I don't care. I don't care because I'm just going to preach to you, Jesus. The same Jesus that died on the cross for your sin, that any and every sin of yours, he is taken away that you may be one with the Father. There is no other reason for Jesus. Jesus just wanted you to be one with the Father. He died on the cross. That was the whole reason. So I don't know what the enemy has put on you, what kind of shame you feel, what kind of you don't feel good enough that I'm not good enough for Jesus. No. Jesus became sin so that you be one with the Father, that you become good enough for the Father, that when you, to me, just receiving Jesus and salvation didn't feel like the whole experience. And I'm wrong if I'm basically, you know, messing with your theology. But to me, until I didn't get water baptized, because the word says, and pull up Romans 6, 4, 5, whichever. That until we don't die in the water. Jesus did that very thing. He went and got baptized by John. He had to die in the water. See, I grew up being sprinkled on my head top because I grew up Catholic. right? That was my baptism until I basically met Jesus. And then I said, Jesus, I want you. And then it just felt that I was missing was me being baptized in the water. Because in that, my old self had to die. In that water, it got crucified. And I rose up from there as a new creation. This is an opportunity. If you have never got water baptized, you basically have the opportunity of, hey, I'm going to die in this water, and I'm going to raise up in the newness of Christ. And constantly you'll have this one thing that I have to crucify myself with Christ. I have to crucify myself with Christ. It won't be anything different. This is the gospel of God. 
that your newness is when you get out from the water. Go back to the first scripture I gave you, Dan. Sorry. Uh, I'll, I'm okay being all around the place because I can. Huh. Matthew 3, 16, 17. And when Jesus was baptized, he went up at once out of the water. And behold, the heavens were opened, and he, saw John, and he, John, saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. I'll tell you a funny joke. When I was getting baptized, I believed that this was going to happen. I want you to believe. Hey, I want you, I'm talking to you all now. I want you to believe this, that when you enter the water, that the heavens are going to open because it happened for Jesus. What we have done is we have told people, is like, eh, tame your expectation down. No, 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 no. That song that we sang, that our eyes will open with wonder, is because of these kind of things. You, we have basically said we are okay with a second hand and a third hand and a fourth hand kind of living. But we don't want the actual experience of God. I was foolish enough to believe that and I stand by that. That I wanted to see that heavens open. I wanted to see that dove coming on me. Because it happened to Jesus. The same Jesus, the same Spirit of God that raised Jesus from the dead is in you. It's in you. And that's what you're doing when you're dying in this water. You're basically get rising up and that Spirit of God in you is going to now move you. Is going to shift you. Is going to tell you, hey, this way. Hey, don't do this. Hey, no, 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 no. This is not what is pleasing to God. Hey, you're going to move. And every day you're going to have that opportunity whether you're going to listen to that voice. Whether you're going to turn that volume down and say, not today, Jesus. Not today, Holy Spirit. We're every day going to have this opportunity where we're going to basically say, I'm willing to die with him. In this newness, the gospel that I preach is a gospel that every day we are dying with Christ. As a Catholic, I grew up knowing every station of the cross. And I, how do you say? It was a high point. Communion was the highest point for me because when that bell rang and they raised the host, the transfiguration of Jesus, and for some reason, it didn't matter how messed up I was, okay? When I say messed up, I was all night at, out with friends, and I could be as crazy drunk as possible, and I would walk up into that church at 5 o'clock for Mass, and when that priest rang the bell, suddenly I sobered up. There was no explanation. That's why communion to me, being one in Christ, is one of the most glorious things that I treasure. Just being one. You see, we, we take experiences and we like, and that's why church becomes boring. You see, because all you come here and I can sing you five songs and put the smoke machine and put the stars and whatever sparkling and all that. And that's all we basically take away. And then you eat the cookies and donuts and drink the coffee. And that's all we have an experience of. But I have news for you. This very experience that was Jesus is open for you. You are going to basically see that. Believe that. If you only believe. Right? That's what the Bible says. If you only believe. When we believe, what do we believe from? We believe from the Word of God. This is the solid truth. This is your firm foundation. This is all that was and all ever will be. Through and forever through. You know, your revelation, your all that may pass away, but this will always stand the test of time. You see, we're always waiting for our revelation to come through. 
my prophetic word to come right. And I'm okay surrendering all that for the very word of God to come through. For that word in us to be made whole. Luke 3, 21, just verse 21. What we have never seen in this scripture, we always remember that, hey, Jesus was baptized and the Holy Ghost came upon him. It says after he was baptized, he was still praying. Sometimes we basically have this one shot done and we are gone and we are okay. I'm baptized now. Now what? He was still praying. This is the Son of God who was baptized, who humbled himself, went to John and said, hey, baptize me, you know. And then he, he was still praying. There's sometimes we are in such quick transition that we forget that to spend that time praying before the heavens are opened. Jesus didn't care. There were multitudes of people, and he sat at the side, possibly, or he stood at the back, and he was just praying. Because he knew that oneness with the Father was the most glorious thing. There was nothing else that could substitute that. He just knew whether that heavens opened, whether the dove came on him, whether anything. He just knew that he had to be praying. May you be caught. You know, if I had to give this, script, this message of mine, I told court the other day, I was saying, I want to tell you everything that I wanted to tell myself when I got baptized. This would be the message, and let anybody else glean from this, because these are the key things that really I always would hold through, and still today hold through. That eyes of wonder, the eyes of hope, the eyes of expectancy. What do you believe God would do for you? He is able to do, because it's in the Word. You see, the beauty of when Jesus got baptized, how many of you know what happened next? Anybody? What? Tell, tell, come on, Kirk. No, after he got baptized and all this, what was the next thing that happened? He went into the wilderness. You know what's funny? More people are trying to tell them, like when you get saved, what all you have to do to become a Christian and this and that. But sometimes the most simplest thing is being alone with the Holy Spirit. We never teach people this. We never tell them, it's like, hey, you need the Holy Spirit. They're teaching them to do ministry. They're teaching them to do all these other things. But what you use is that. You found a, like, just a task. You found a goal. But this whole life is all about just you meeting him, knowing the Holy Spirit. When God came in this room, like, I just knew, because I just felt that crown. That I don't know how to explain to you. It was just that crowning glory. It was just there. We have to learn how to follow the Holy Spirit. In everything we basically choose is like, hey, we have this, we have that, you know. You can prophesy, you can do whatever. But I don't feel that is what the Holy Spirit sometimes wants. Sometimes he just wants you to just come. Let me show you the Father. Let me show you Jesus. Let me reveal him in the scripture to you. We, we all have this opportunity to understand who the Holy Spirit is. Only we choose that to give him a time. You know, 
I'm, I don't have anything against spiritual disciplines like, you know, reading your Bible and all that. In all this, the key ingredient is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will reveal to you the scriptures. You see, we, we cannot make anything happen. Like, you know, I was so thankful today because I just came and I was just so set in God. Like, you know, sometimes we are like trying to work it up. You're trying to speak in tongues and make things happen and all. And I didn't have anything of that. I was just like watching him. I was just watching the Holy Spirit. I was just saying, okay, which way, how you want to go, what you want to do. You know, I was like, hey, I had the revelation. I have my message, you know, but I didn't have, like even right now, I'm just like, you know, floating around right now. You know, if for you all, you feel like, hey, I'm here and all. But in, in myself, I know I'm like, hmm, which way do I go? God, which way do I go? Like, you know, what are you doing? You know, and it's funny because I had m multiple things just spring to me in, in worship. And then I just kept going, okay, God, but what do you want? Like, you know, we prioritize what the Holy Spirit wants. And in all those things, you know. Okay, you got to understand, I got saved in 1997, December 1997. And I always knew God as a father. That was the whole revelation of my life, the identity of my life, that God was my father. I tell people till today, if I bow my knee and I cry out to God, heaven and earth will move on my behalf. This is what I trust and I believe in. This is my Jesus. This is my father who is able to do everything. It doesn't matter if the whole armies of the world come against me. But if I just cry out to him, he will send legions. Jesus had that option. And Jesus never took that because he wanted to die so that we are restored back to the Father. He could have done anything he wanted. In 2016, Kota and me were, I think, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, we were in Pittsburgh. And this prophet by the name of Denny Kramer calls us out and he gives me this word. But it's very crazy. He literally calls me, you are my son. You are my son. God wants you to know that you are my son. Multiple times, he says that there's a father wound in you. And the father wound basically has to get healed. Sometimes our fathers have never been who they were supposed to be for us. They've let us down. They've never showed us what is godly. Or they have abused us and they've said things to us or done things to us which was not right. But God always wants you to know that you are his son. You are his daughter in every way. For me, after being saved so long, knowing this, being touched by, you know, I've been to Toronto for the revival, all those things and all, and it was amazing. But at that point, I, I couldn't still today figure out, 2016, why is this man telling me, hey, you're my son? Because God wants to sometimes tell you that you are his son. You are his daughter in front of a, people, a lot of people. Because sometimes we'd say, no, 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 maybe I didn't hear God right when he told me that he's my son. You know? So God sometimes does it in open because he just wants to show that his love for you is greater. You see? And so sometimes, for me, it was just this, I don't know. <laughs> it rocked my world for a time. 
Because he says, you are my son. And he says this hundred times. I forgot how many times. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. And then he says, because of this, carry yourself as a man of covenant. And all of heaven's resources are at your disposal. Because you are a son. Because you are a daughter. Everything in heaven is for you. It's at your disposal. But be in covenant with me. The key thing for the rest of your life, this is a covenant that you're making with God. You're not making with man. You're not making it for our demographic, our numbers to go up. This is not for that. This is you and him. Covenant is between you and him. This is what we are basically asking you today. It's like, what covenant do you want to make with God? Because he never fails. He's the strong one in the covenant. He's the one who is basically, that's why I said, if you take the first step, he'll do the rest in your life. It's just that first step is the one thing that we basically wonder. And I, I don't enjoy putting people under the spot, okay? Like, if you, just for you to know. It's like, you know, but sometimes we don't make this message very evident to people that, hey, this is for you. The same Jesus, he wants to be, you know, restore you. He has a future for you. And once we basically don't understand that, we, we get lost in the crowd. That's why I made it very specific, a call to each of you. And I said, hey, what would you choose today? Because sometimes we, had, we don't want to be, what do you say, don't want to put people under the spot. But hey, Jesus went up to the disciples and said, hey, would you follow me? And they had a choice to make to throw their nets, to throw everything that they knew they could make their livelihood out of and follow him. So what makes us different? You know? What? Cool. cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fine. Go, go, go to Zephaniah 3.17. Because the next part where he says, I'm well pleased with you and all that. The Lord your God is in your midst. The mighty one will save. He will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. As sons and daughters, God rejoices constantly over you with gladness. He's not made to. You're not going to pay him enough money. You're not going to put many flowers. You're not going to burn incense sticks. You're not going to burn candles. He doesn't care about all that. He has made his mind that he's going to rejoice with gladness over your life. Doesn't matter how it looks. Doesn't matter if you feel that you're even achieving and you're going to do those things. And I told you, Kate, you're going to achieve great things for God. I have told you in private, I have told you now I'm telling you in public, that Lord, you, God has put in you a dynamo, the Spirit of God is going to catch you. And in a moment, you're just going to be transformed. And you're going to move into things which you have never dreamt was possible because of the Spirit of God. I told her, you all don't know this, I told her that she's a mover and shaker. But she's not a mover and shaker just for what, you know, the social establishment and everything that she's in. She's a mover and shaker because the Spirit of God is able to move her and shake her and take her and make her do whatever He wants her to do because she has yielded. She has yielded. A life of yielding to God is a greater thing. Huh. If I had to give you one couple more things, would be this. Zephaniah, what? 317? 
He will quiet you with His love. Okay? This is the New King James. Go to the New Living Translation. He will quiet you with His love. With His love, He will calm your fears. Everybody's afraid of stuff. You're worried about how is it going to happen, what we're going to do, where is this? But He's just saying, with my love. His love is the greatest thing. His love is able to take you. His love is able to calm you. You're not sure about what your future looks like. And that's why I said, gaze into His eyes. The moment you see His eyes, you'll see the fire burning in His eyes, but it's with that love. It's like, hey, I really want to surrender this to you, God. And you look into His eyes and it becomes easy because you just let that fire of His love just burn it off you. Just burn it off you. Just look. Just look right now. Every person in this room, don't look at me. Shut your eyes and just look at the eyes of Jesus with the fire in your eyes. What is the most difficult thing right now you are unable to lay down? Just right now. Just look at His eyes. Let His eyes of love just come. Just come. Just come. Burn. Burn. Every stronghold, burn. Burn. The Spirit of God is mightier. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not this Christian, the other Christian behind. Right? Christy. Christy, stay with me. Just close your eyes right now. Now look. Look at these eyes of fire. He's ready to calm all your fears right now. He says, He will quiet you with His love. Just fill her with your love right now. And you lay your hands on it right now. Fill, fill, fill. He's taking you to a quiet place. With all the noise, all the din, all those things of your life, everything, I don't know your life. And it's just right now. He's putting a silence to that. He's going to quiet you with His love. Just right now. Go. Just go. The Spirit of God, the wind of God is taking you and He's putting you in your rightful place. Just feel right now. If you feel right now, you're afraid of life, you're not sure what life holds for you, just let the love of God quiet you. We have a long list of things that we want to pray. We have a long list of things we pray for. But the love of God wants to quiet you and calm those fears. Because more than 90% of that stuff is irrelevant for your life. It's just to make you afraid. It's just to make you afraid. Yeah. Yeah. Everything that could go wrong in your life, we are afraid of, we are afraid of. And we tell him of, of our fears. And we keep talking and we keep talking. And all he's wanting us to be quieted by his love. Yeah. Just right now. Even to you, Janine. He's quieting you with his love. 
He's quieting you with His love. Everything you could have, and I'm saying this to everybody in this place, you could look like you have everything put together, but on the inside you're a raging ocean. Hmm. And that's why He said, be still. Be still. Ha! Be still. He's quieting you with His love. Ah, there's nothing greater than your love, Jesus. Fill right now. Fill every fear, everything right now. Just take away every fear. Replace it. Replace it with your love, Jesus. Oh, your love is greater, Jesus. Just fill. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Go to Psalms 27, verse 14. If, I don't know if you can put the whole thing. I like this. This is from the Passion Translation. This says, here's what I have learned through it all. Don't give up. First thing, don't give up. Things will come at you. Things will make you feel less than. You will basically say, but David never gave up. Even a good man fails, he rises up. Don't give up. The number one thing I learned in Christianity is tenacity. I developed a tenacity where it didn't matter what happened. It didn't matter what came at me. I just got up and stood up and I said, I still love you, Jesus. Things will come at you with pace that you don't even understand why it's coming at you. And you're like, just like caught in that whole thing. But it says, don't give up. You have a long life ahead of you. You have a lot of things that you have to do. And God wants you to know is that, hey, he's built that tenacity in you to overcome everything. He says, I have overcome it all. You see? Don't be impatient. You know when right now you're trying to fill your heads with a lot of this knowledge? Right? We're trying to fill our heads with knowledge. The, one of the of the two Wesley brothers, Charles Wesley, wrote a letter to George Whitfield, and in that he said, we loved more when we knew less. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, Jesus. We loved more when we knew less. <laughs> and all we're trying to put in our heads and all we're trying to cram is more of knowledge, which is zero. Let me use the scriptures like this. Let me use the scriptures like that. This is the revelation. This is my soundbite. Jesus, we are sorry. Jesus, we are sorry. May we love more. May we love more, Jesus. These are the fathers of revival who are writing honest letters. They're not hiding behind words. They're not hiding behind 
Hey, look at the number of people who are saved. I have a ministry this. I have revival. Spirit of God is falling down. He was very honest. He wrote to George Whitfield, who was also a man of fire. And he said, when we knew less, we loved more. We're doctrinating people with more knowledge than more love and more presence. The number one thing you need is the presence of God because that is love. That is love. More than what you think you can understand, more than what I can preach the scriptures, it all means nothing if I don't have love. I tell my dog even that. If you don't have love, you have nothing. Because my dog loves, loves you know, my dog licks me and loves me, you know. And that's what I tell my dog. Coco, love is the number one thing. In getting everything, get love. If I have to preach this to my dog, how much more I preach it to myself? You see, because these are the musings of my heart when I am by myself and all I have is the wall and the dogs and that's all I talk to. I just say, love is the greatest thing in everything of our lives. Don't find... What's a better word for this? Don't find... I would say secondary lovers, but I know it's not the right word. Don't find, like, you know, second best stuff. Substitutes, you know. Oh. Yeah, we, we sometimes made ministry our number one goal. And as a church, we are, this is where I guess we're basically being. There's a fine line between what is real ministry and what is just ministry. And a lot of people, the emphasis because we made choices that we have to be in ministry and that. And I never have the pressure of that. Because I know it's like, if it's ministry, it will happen. God will make it happen. I don't have to work it up. I don't have to stir it up. That's why I said, I'm not going to speak in tongues just because I have this motor. I want to, the next concept I would bring to you is waiting on Him. Mm -hmm. Wait on the Lord. Those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength like eagle. Does it say in that scripture, wait, highlight your Bible, read your Bible, you know, speak in tongues. No, it just says wait. Wait on the Lord. Wait. What have we done? We've taken it and changed it and said, wait could be play my music, play sing me songs, I'm listening to worship, I'll worship with it. That's not wait. I'm sorry. I have to undo this. If you speak in tongues and you think that you could ramp up the Holy Ghost, that's because you're gen working on a battery of your own. You're working on your battery. You're trying to get your thing up, your spirit ramped up. When you wait on the Lord and you look into those eyes and you see His heart, do you know that the difference of that is you, the lady at the well who drank living waters was that. She didn't speak in tongues. She didn't have miracle ministry. She didn't have all that. Those are all substitutes, lesser lovers. There you go. 
We have chosen lesser lovers than the true love, Jesus. We have not gone to the well that runs deep and drank of that well where we are basically saying, hey, this is what I really want to, this is what Jesus wants. Because I see it in his eyes and I know his heart and I can then move in that direction the way he wants to. I take the time to spend more time looking at his eyes because of that. It's not about how can I heal the sick and raise the dead. That's always possible. That's always in my realm of possibility. But my heart, and this is what I want you to have, is that's why when you know we prophesy and all, I ask you, where is Jesus? Where is Jesus? What's, look at his eyes. I automatically will center you back to this place of where is Jesus? Because you can prophesy the most glorious thing to me. But to me, it's like, hey, where is Jesus in all this? You see, our eyes have to always be on him. And then now look at his eyes. In the midst of all your fears, all these things that are crazy, what is his eyes saying to you? And there was a scripture God gave in worship. I pull up Psalms 83, verse 3. I may have it. This is, restore us again, O God, and cause your face to shine in pleasure and approval on us, and we shall be saved. God wants to restore all this back to the church. He wants to restore it into our lives where we spend time waiting on Him. The number one thing is waiting on Him. It says even the young lions will suffer hunger, but those who wait on the Lord. How do you wait on the Lord? I love Amplified. He says, expect, look for, and hope in Him. So, your eyes basically have to expect God. You have to look for Him and believe that He's able to do everything that He said. So stand with me right now. I know we have gone over time, but right now, restore us, O oh God. Restore us to that simple wonder of looking in your eyes, O oh God, and believing, O oh God, that every miracle, sign, wonder is a secondary lover, O oh God, than just loving on you. So, Lord, we pray, give me Jesus. We pray, Lord, give me Jesus. More than all the knowledge, more than all the miracle signs and wonders, O oh God, we're choosing you, Jesus. Give me Jesus. Give me Jesus. Yeah, lift your voice. Tell him that. Tell him that. You let your neighbor even hear you say, Give me Jesus. 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 And you can have all this world. So, Father, we choose you. Jesus, we choose you this morning, O oh God, saying above all things, O oh God, above all the revivals, O oh God, that we're choosing you, O oh God, because we want your love, O oh God. We want your love, O oh God, that I'll end, O oh God, would signify, O oh God, that, Lord, we have loved well, O oh God. We have been able to love, O oh God, more than all the miracles that we can do. Give me Jesus. And we could only do this with you, Holy Spirit. So, Lord, come. Touch every person in this place. Fill every heart right now. 
calm every heart right now. Every fear has to go. Every fear has to go. And I even say this constantly. I believe we have an authority even in this ADD, ADHD, depression, every kind of thing. So I declare it, O oh God. I declare it, O oh God. Quieting ourselves in your love, O oh God. Waiting on you, O oh God, is the cure, O oh God, for all this, O oh God. So even right now, oh God, every Xanax, every Prozac, every every kind of medication, O oh God, we just come against it, O oh God, and we set people free, O oh God. Every mind, O oh God, to be made whole, made whole, made whole, made whole. Just receive it if you're under any of these medications that the doctors willingly just give you and just say, oh God, that yeah, this will dumb it down. This will make it better. This will make it better. But there's a greater one. His name is Jesus. Yeah, we have authority in this and I declare it. And I prophesy, oh God, that we will see, oh God, people with all these mind conditions, oh God, every kind of brain, oh God, every kind of even depression, oh God, everything will be broken, oh God, broken homes restored, oh God. We just release that, oh God, right now. Yeah, yeah, because Jesus is able, oh God. So we just bless you, we bless you, we bless you, oh God. And we just thank you for this moment in time, oh God, for becoming real to us, oh God, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.